Hi, I'm Todd Tondera. I'm the host of the show. Welcome to my thrifting audio diary. I scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts, useful unusuals, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, good garbage, and all around helpful items that I could utilize in my daily life. No worries, my therapist says it's a good way to get me out of the house. My mission? To do all of this while spending the least amount of money. In my thrifting travels, I'd like to bring a friend along with me on the hunt. This week, I welcome to the show... Josh, last call, Larkin. <laughs> I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? <laughs> it's a gimmick. I think it's on every documented occurrence of my life that I like to drink. All the best and worst moments have involved alcohol in some way. So so that's good to start you off in this universe as that. If there's one thing I've learned while thrifting, it's that a good buzz really <laughs> helps you out in the search and also rationalizing the purchase with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, because some things you do find, and you're like, "This is cool," but then with a little buzz on, you're like, "Nah, this is this is more so than this is what I need." There have been times where I looked at the cart and I've been like, "You know what? I'm a lot so more sober than I was when I originally put this in there. I think I can move on without it." Got to put some stuff back. I think that's a good thing, though. If like they can yeah. combine thrifting and drinking, like they could open like a thrift store bar. I think that could potentially work. In uh, a thrifting adventure that I invited Josh on, I think he, he became more familiar with a lot of the people that I meet while thrifting. So I thrift probably like two to four days a week. So you've went on some adventures with me like three times, four? Yeah, we've been a couple times. Um, it's mm -hmm. been slightly different every time, but really enjoyable. We've seen some of the same people. Um, that's the whole cast of characters. That <laughs> yeah. that was something I was not expecting. Was the reoccurring strangers like at the thrift store? Their mo's, like how everybody has their own agenda when they go, is just really, really interesting to me. Because mm -hmm. when I had uh, brought you, I was like, "Look, this is not uh, this is not an easy go in. So the only way to really go in is just to do it. There's gonna be a guy that wanders around, picks up one thing." talks a bunch and then puts that thing down there's also the uh a lady out there that i see often um that has curly hair which you see all the time when we go oh the lady who is there so often she yeah she's basically like a de facto employee at this time yeah she's made some power plays that i haven't really loved <laughs> but what we got here is just a bunch of junk in bins and you dig around in the bins, and when you dig around in the bins, uh, you find some stuff. Sometimes you don't find some stuff, but it changes periodically. This lady loves to, uh, when the bins need change, she loves to exclaim the bins need changed. And <laughs> definitely a power play move, and something that I see in her that I do not like. Well, I think the main thing you shouldn't like is that the fact that she thinks you're somebody else. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She refers to you openly and often <laughs> as Mike. Uh, yeah, that goes with a story. And I feel like that we only know half of the story. But when she does see me, she calls me Mike. And the first time I had accepted Mike... And I can't unaccept Mike because once somebody calls you Mike and you go, yeah, yeah it's me, it's Mike. Yeah. I'm Mike all the time. On our last thrifting adventure, I think it could be, I think maybe my, my favorite one so far that we've had together. There was just a ton of great media on the last adventure that we went out on. Yeah, one thing you might need to know about me, what I, what I look for out there, definitely like anything wrestling, anything VHS. Um, what else do I like? 
Um, mostly like the weird VHS. Like I yeah. see that's outside my realm. So like when I see the old odd VHS, I'm like, I don't know what the hell this is, but maybe Todd is into it. Yeah, or like some like weird Halloween. Halloween is another thing that I always <laughs> set aside. Yeah. The Halloween and like any old like Disney World or like theme park. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah you're the, right. The Jurassic Park uh, towel. And- Jurassic- I found some. Uh, towels yeah from the universal studios loved them found like a crew neck uh haunted house type bullshit sweatshirt loved it yeah. loved it current facebook book profile wearing <laughs> it in it but uh yeah i wanted to go over our recent day uh thrifting you have some like hits and misses in the day and right away i came in to what i like to call a miss because when you're out in that culture, people come up to you because they recognize you from doing the same stupid thing that they do. They're like, hey, Mike. Yeah, hey, Mike, what up? <laughs> and um, so uh, this lady comes over to me, and she's like, well, there was a lot of games today because I, act- I, act- I was late on the day of thrifting because thrifting is like an eight-to-eight job, basically. And unfortunately, we have a real job until like halfway through that. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, she's like, yeah, you missed a bunch of video games. That's something I like to video games and old vintage, like, NES stuff, Atari stuff. And she, that's what she Absolutely. said. She was like, well, there was Atari stuff here today, and you missed it. And this lady, it, it's tough to get a read on her because, like, a lot of the times I feel like she wants to just, like, let me know that she's has a better day than me. Yeah, this is the power play lady. It's yeah, really so she's enough. just yeah. like, I saw some stuff. That I've you been didn't hear all day long, mm-hmm. in case you were curious. Yeah, like I've been here. She's ordered pizza there before. Like, she strikes me as that kind of yeah. Yeah. So uh, our first find of the day that actually, in a lot of ways, was our first and last find because as we were digging through the bins here, I came across a couple uh, Namco TV games. They're like a vintage plug and play system. Um, I got this. Uh, it's like a, a plays five games in one. These retail for about thirty to fifty dollars, and I got uh, it has like Pac-Man on it and a couple other things. And then in the same like kind of go at it, um, I had also found an Atari, which I believe is Jacks. I'm not sure. It's like a plug it, and yeah. play. Uh, it plays ten games. These retail for about like twenty to forty dollars. And admittedly, both of these boys aren't in the best condition uh physical condition yes but they kind of have battery packs on the bottom and the batteries are gone and so are the 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 plastic little like battery doors the cover yeah so um i had found these in uh like a like junk bin and uh the wires of these were all tangled up in like uh, like old cell phone charger <laughs> wires, random just like speaker wires, not oh. attached to anything, and it was just like a big jumbled ball. So I, as I dug through the bins, I was like, I'm gonna have to take this whole fucking jumbled ball. <laughs> so it took me like every 10, 15 minutes, I'd walk back over to our cart where we put the stuff in and try to get like them unjumbled. Mm-hmm. But I, I really do, I'd really do like like this kind of stuff and i think it's 2003 ish i believe if i've done my research and what you do with these you plug them right into your television and they uh, at first i thought this was a straight up atari controller but it's just like a atari simulator because when that woman had said you miss some atari games thought that was the missing piece yeah. i thought that this was the controller for it i was like well fucking hot dog I got the right junk bin to look through. Retail, these go for like a, a, a pretty penny, and I'm like super excited to kind of like dive into them because in physical condition, aside from the plastic door and the batteries being gone on the bottom of it, like they're really cool. There's they're some really good cool. games on them too, yeah. Like the mm-hmm. old, uh, what is it, the tanks thing where you yep. would, yeah, you'd have the little tank. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so um, that was like the first find of the day. Um, the... The second find of the day, and I think I'm going to go in chronological order as far as, like, where we were finding stuff. And we're going to go over, a like, find of the day later on. But this, like, it bordered on find of the day, but it also is just like, eh, maybe it's just, like, the find, like, it hit my mood right then. Mm Mm-hmm. You know we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the fucking leather jacket. Yeah, the leather jacket is when I had kind of had my back turned. 
And when I turned back around, you were just like, uh, uh, like, you know, affirmative noises. And when I spun around and I saw you putting on the leather jacket, I was like, it's just the absolute best look. And then I didn't notice originally that it had fringe. It and has when, fringe, man. When you turned, I saw the fringe and I was just like, you have to, you can't walk away from a leather jacket with fringe <laughs> that fits you fucking perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was a good, fu- it, it's a good look too. Pass me over that. I'm going to try to wear that for the oh, show. Yeah. 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 So the problem it's is. It's cleaned up nicely too. It's, it's cleaned up nicely. Um, uh, we were talking about like a proper way to clean this, um, like armor all. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I kind of looked up is if you hang this jacket up and then um, like lock it in your bathroom and like put the shower on, it like sort of steams it out. It has okay. like a steaming smoke idea. So I tried that out. So let me put this bad boy on. You can hear it just jingling around. Yeah, like I wish the fringe made as much noise as the actual metal on it. Cause yeah. So the amount of fringe is it's fantastic because it's the whole way up the arm it's not like a half fringe yeah we got fringe from pretty much yeah all the way up the arm it's a good like six inches on each little fringe strip too and the, the amount of pockets <laughs> the amount of pockets this have it, this is like a super like punk jacket or maybe a biker jacket it doesn't have a label so i wasn't able to find it's like retail value because that's what i i kind of take a look at and i was like it, it's kind of unknown as far as where it came from or who it's come from I like to think that maybe like a punk died and like their mom donated their clothes. I think that's the charm in thrifting is imagining the story behind the stuff that you found. Like when we found those, um, you know, like the, the does the dad love me book and oh. the stuff like that where you have to fill in the gaps. I came across something that it, it was like, the, yeah, it's like a Jesus love me. Book. Yeah, it was like a who loves me book. And it was. Yeah. And And it was like page by page like in crudely written like crayon or marker it was like god god loves me on one page and then the second page was like was it mom i think the second page was mom and then there were a couple blank pages okay there was a couple blank so god loves me mom loves me and like eventually it just got to this page that said dad but it had a question mark. <laughs> just the most <laughs> awkward painful thing because you know it's probably the kid who found it like 18 years later who was like i am donating this <laughs> shit get it out of my sight like it was yeah. a question then it's a firm now he doesn't throw that shit in the bin yeah and so dad was a love that the the kid wasn't sure we weren't sure and as a dad that's painful to come across yeah and i try to like write it off as the fact that the front of the book said who was it who loves me i think it was who loves me with with a a, with a question mark on the front with a question mark so i just thought my brain was just like rationalize this and i was like maybe because the person saw a question mark on the front they just ended their imperative statement accidentally with a question mark so it's like who loves me question mark I'm a baby. Dad, question mark. <laughs> I'm a baby. I think I'm going to leave this coat on this whole time. I, it's a good look. It's a good it look. Really I feel is. I feel more confident. I don't think I'm the kind of guy who would pull off the leather jacket, especially with fringe, so it makes me jealous to see yeah. how good you look in it. Yeah, and I'm wearing like I'm wearing like fucking garbage clothes right now, but I feel like it's fine. And with all these like zippers in like pockets and stuff like that, no cocaine. There are at least three to four pockets just on the side that I can see. Yeah, right there was now. no cocaine that was found <laughs> that's inside the, any of this. That's, you have to check for that kind of thing when you're thrifting because you never know what you're going to find stashed away in a pocket or in luggage or anything like that. Because it's discarded. Yeah. Because what we look for, it's not like on a shelf. It's just discarded in a bin that you look for and they charge by the pound. So anything we get is by the pound and it's just thrown it's like a dumpster without the lid it's just a big plastic dumpster that they wheel out full of you know other people's shoes or wares or whatever happens to be delivered that day and and a a little quick uh quick hit here saw four keychain found it saw found a saw four keychain um next on the list um it i believe it still speaks you thought it was over but the games have just begun See, I only saw the first three, so I'm totally lost at this point. You're right. I don't. Well, I don't know what happened in four. Well, a quick <laughs> message for you. You thought it was over, but the games have just begun. 
this is what my depression tells me every day that I wake up. <laughs> is immediately when I hit this, I was just like. That's not a keychain. It's just your actual alarm clock from the morning. Yeah. You thought it was over, but it's just begun. So the first time I heard this, I was like, did that actually say something or is that my head? Because you never know. <laughs> right. It, no, it actually says something. So Soft 4 keychain picked up. I had to dig around quite a bit for this. Um, I mean, I obviously wasn't looking for it. I was just like digging in the fucking troves of Completes the damn. Completes my collection of Saw keychains. <laughs> You've had some uh, experiences like digging in the in the in the bins for me, and you found me that uh, fucking plastic hammer. Oh, you never know the stuff. Like the great thing about digging in those bins is that a lot of the people are looking. You know, like the de facto employee. A lot of the people are looking for certain things, whether they resell them or they're a collector. So as stuff gets, you know, just tussled in this bin a lot of the other you know innocuous stuff just falls to the bottom and yeah the plastic hammer was one of those things that had just mm-hmm. you know like the little you know tchotchkes that fall through everything else it's like a sieve basically yeah it's just that you know invaluable shit falls to the bottom and you're able to find an occasional plastic hammer in in uh i have a plastic tool collection <laughs> he knew this and the weird thing about this was because like there can only be so many plastic tools in life. I've come to accept that, sure. But also, this plastic hammer that he had found was actually to the fucking plastic bench that I have. The original plastic hammer that matches the plastic bench, yeah. And that's the dream right there. Who knows what other original plastic tools that went with it, but at least one of them is crossed off the list now that we got the hammer. We got the hammer because I have some other tools. They're like saws, screwdrivers, stuff like that, but they were purple. My plastic bench is like black and like that fake plasticky wood grain color Yeah, it's like thing. the fake craftsman tool yeah. bench. Yeah. And so you gave me that and I didn't even realize it till I compared it to the other, <laughs> the other shit bench I had and I was like, <laughs> That's actually, that's a matching piece. Everybody looks for a certain type of thing. So, like, there's shoe guys out there. And the shoe guys are wild because they work like a machine. The shoe thrifting culture, I was not prepared for. Like, Todd had warned me that, like, some people will be anxious to get to the bins before you. But what he didn't tell me is that, like, some people's livelihood depends on grabbing every fucking shoe <laughs> in the bin. Even if it doesn't have a match? It doesn't need a match. It just <laughs> it gets sold to some weird ass. Yep. Like, there's a whole shoe black market that I wasn't aware of that, like, mm-hmm. is just being trafficked all over <laughs> with Jimmy Choo's and, you know, knockoffs everywhere. Yeah, with with mine, with with. The people that I know that do that kind of stuff, because I let him in on it, is there's this group of guys that actually get shoes and then ship them across the border for profit. If there's a whole shoe bin that comes out and some of the shoe guys are there, I mean, you're done. I was pushed on, like, our, I think it was our first or second trip. One of the shoe guys had actually shoved me from behind, and I was like, this bin is full of shit. Like, it's just a bunch of, you know, like, mom Birkenstocks. And he was like, just grabbing fistfuls of mm-hmm. shoes, and I was like, I just walked away. I was like, you can have these. Yeah. I don't have I the I got network. the plastic tool I needed. <laughs> yeah. I found a plastic hammer today. These are yours. <laughs> these are fine. <laughs> when you get two or more in one day, it's not, it's not the most common thing that there's more than one there, but if there's two or more there, you might as well just like put on some hockey pads. When that new stuff is wheeled out in those bins and you start digging and looking, you're done. Yeah, because everybody can Rover. see the bin like coming across, and like they're salivating. Are, yeah, there Pavlo- are soft dog, rules you know, in place. Yeah, yeah, there's no there's no repercussions for anybody who grabs something, you know, mm-hmm. prior to it coming to a complete stop. Mm-hmm. You know, you get scalded, but like the worst you get is you know yelled at by a thrift store employee. So don't yeah. give a shit and just yeah. grab it. But the next thing I want to get into is some of the uh, the books that I found. The the one thing I'm sad that we didn't end up buying that was in the book category was the um the the Bible that was built like so a women's many... a woman's magazine. Yikes, that one, man! That one was rough. Yikes! You run across like a lot of Bibles, but not like that. It was okay. The best way to describe that was it was basically a woman's magazine. Lot, or what was it like a Bible, like with 
like branded as a woman's magazine or a woman's ma- magazine branded as a Bible? I think it was a woman's magazine that was just like, hey, our lead article is the Old and New Testament. <laughs> and then they just, what? <laughs> they just sprinkled other things in there like why your man isn't happy after 400 years together and shit like that. Yeah, like really, really like fucked up, really demeaning shit. It was just Guy's take on the worst possible things that Guy should not have a take on. No. I, I, yeah, and there was like, it was like a Q&A, like here's a Guy's take, and it's yeah. just like, ooh. What's a Guy's take on when you pray together and you're unmarried? Like why does he need to have a say in that? Well, there are certain times that I'll pray with a woman, but, like, it gets kind of sketchy. Gotta be careful, man. <laughs> like, you never know yeah, where... Yeah, that was what it was. You ne- never know where it's gonna go. Like, yeah. you're praying. Like, where's it gonna go? It's gonna go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, like, it's gonna go. <laughs> like, it's a godsend. <laughs> That's where it's gonna It's a godsend, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, like, the one was just, like... Well, praying with women, I guess, is fine, but, like, I'd wait till you're engaged. There's a fine line with praying with women. Like, it's what? Like, gotta have a ring on the finger. Who the fuck taught you how to pray? It was wild. <laughs> and, um, so one of the books that I was, like, super excited about is my Vampire Encyclopedia. The Vampire Encyclopedia is a great find. The Vampire Encyclopedia has pretty much anything you've ever wanted to know about the history of, like, I guess, vampires, like... And and what's cool about this encyclopedia itself is, like, if there's a word that you think is associated with some sort of, like, vampire or some sort of, like, dark family, it will, like, give you that name and just be like, hey, don't worry about that. That's not us. (laughs) So, like, if, if, like, any normies are out there, like, hey, is this a vampire word? And they're like, we've heard it. The vampires are aware. Yeah. Was it written by an actual vampire? I think um, that's, that's the rumor imperative. was Matthew Bunsen, who wrote this, wasn't an actual vampire, but like he sort of wanted to be. He had some friends in the vampire community. Uh, something I love about um, secondhand shops and getting stuff like this is like you kind of like you were kind of like building upon before. You kind of get a not always, but you sort of get a scope on who had the book before yeah. him. And I've done this before, like I've read. Uh, you know, whether it be, you know, like a novel or like poetry or any, any type of like literature, if something like really uh, hits you and you're like, I really like that, you like maybe circle it or underline it mm-hmm. or something like this. This book is filled with under like underlined shit. Oh, it's already been notated. It's like, been the whole notated. Way through? So like, I don't know if somebody was like straight up into the culture or maybe they did some like research on it, but. You know, from A to Z, it has literally anything you need to ever know about a vampire. Um, if you do look this up, it's about like 15 bucks, 20 bucks, um, brand new. I got it for not that. I yeah, got it for like probably no. 50 cents. Um, next up, oh, wait a second, or is it in this? I was going to say, because there's two reasons that you really underline things in a vampire encyclopedia, and that... One, you're trying to just expand upon your vampire knowledge. And that two is that you're trying to trick people in the vampire community to thinking that you're one of them. And you're like, oh, I've got an in now. There's two ways to do it. Either you're in or this is how we do it. Right. Water cooler talk. Like, hey. This is how I get into the vampire community. Like, I've often sat awake at 2 a.m. and wondered, like, how do I get in the vampire community? Like, if only there was an encyclopedia to ease me in. It goes over to, like, vampire birth and stuff like that. So, like, you just go, it's like, oh, yeah, so we all, uh, I'm a vampire. I came out in a sack, huh? I'm immediately like curious about vampire birth. Right? <laughs> I, I've always been taught you were converted. Well, I mean, some are. It might be because I'm Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> some guilt there. The next book that I got, hardcover, it's from 1969. It's called The Look It Up Book of Space. And what we know about space now is a lot different than we know about space in 1969. 69 was a big year for space. It was a large year for space. Yeah, absolutely. Humongous. And I love space. And um, it's sure. actually in some in some pretty good condition. There's great pictures in it, like of Kubrick's moon landing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and what I like too that they use like actual like photographs, not like I don't know that you would call it clip art in 69. 
but like actual photographs of like look a Saturn Apollo begins to curve into orbit right like, rather shit like than that. like the standard textbook illustration mm-hmm. that it was really common throughout that era yeah mm-hmm. and uh, my favorite part which I booked Mark I'm I'm not even particularly sure why this is my favorite part um, it could have to do they talk a little bit about like John Glenn and like his travels and whatnot but it gives you a launch vehicle. And launching for spacecraft that I really like. I don't know if I showed you that before. Oh, it's the scale and everything. It's the scale. And yeah, for some it's... reason, that was, like, really fucking cool to me. Because we got, like, you know, the Explorer 1, Mercury, and then, like, all the way up, you know? And we got the, the Saturn V here, which is, like, ginormous in comparison to, like, different ones. So Yeah, because I think the majority of those had all happened within the same decade. To, so to see... The size progression over that short revolutionize of a in that yeah. short period. It's a very short period of time where we fucking believed in science. Yeah, like we at this point were just like, I think science could be what we need. Yeah, wait a second, this whole science thing is shaking out already. Yeah, like it's not like Apollo, you know. Yeah, and then everybody got coked up through the seventies and eighties and fucking forgot that. Yeah. It existed. And then, like, Clinton administration was like, yeah, we kind of, we're okay with it. We'll get some extra money laying around. We'll fucking shoot it to the moon. Why not? Yeah, so, like, the, those days, and then, like, I guess eventually with Obama, he's like, ah, let's stop. Forget yeah. it. So, in case the Republicans come back to office, <laughs> let's take a look at Mars. <laughs> yeah, like, let's cycle, like, like, let's circle back on it. Yeah. But something pretty interesting about this book is there are, when I bought it, I didn't realize it. There are actual photographs in this book of a family from, you got to assume, that same era. I did not know that there were pictures in... Were they tucked in as a bookmark, or were they all they were just like in the in same the spot? Okay. Yeah, t- I took a look through them. See what you think of those, and what the... Uh, oh, I'm immediately jealous of this kid's drum kit, because yeah. that's a full-on drum kit. Okay, his dad plays the drums as well, it looks mm-hmm. like. And it looks like to me that that's the 70s, like mid-70s. I would say 70s based off the fact that his father appears to be 50 years old. Yes, so, yeah, so I think of that's course. A safe, a safe thing. That but, guy, he's surprisingly got like a very similar haircut to mine. Mm-hmm. Good taste never goes out of style. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and then we got the dirt bike helmet. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that is. Mm-hmm. That looks painful to wear. God. But these are things that you would find in like thrifting stuff that you'll never, you'll never know. Like, sure, I didn't find coke in my leather jacket that I got, but we did find a family's memories in the space book. The picture that sticks out here is <laughs> the last one in the pile. Yeah, that's why I kept it last. <laughs> yeah, where it's the dad in the background taking a Polaroid of the kid we're currently they, looking at in the yeah. photo that I am, so that it's a family with two cameras. But the kid looks so dejected. It's obviously Christmas, but the kid is just frowning mm-hmm. at his Christmas present. And they're like, this is a happy, momentous occasion. And... Timmy does not give a shit whatsoever. He doesn't care. He is just like, <sighs> like, uh. To me, I don't think this book was a, a a Christmas gift. I think this is just one of those things that, like, if you have a book, you just throw some shit in it, and then like it just disappears. And yeah. so, I don't even know if it's the same Christmas because there's the dad here. His he's wearing two different outfits, mm-hmm. and like the one he's playing the drums, and then the other one he's taking a picture of Timmy. But being it's a definitely shot from the same camera. So yeah. this camera, Absolutely. it kind of builds the life of the camera because you're just like, where's this camera from? Yeah, it's it's, um, it's, it's a some legacy, old school Kodak Polaroid. Mm-hmm. So, uh, look it up. Books were um, as I did some research, they were kind of fairly common. And there was, like, look it up books on, like, mammals, uh, stars and planets, 50 states, presidents, transportation. I'm interested in, I mean, it, it would be, like, a needle in a haystack. But I'm interested in, j- for the same reasons of the space thing, because that time was so momentous that we, like, did a lot in that little time. I think transportation would be kind of cool, too. I think definitely. I, I love that they're called look it up books. And they're yeah. from, like, 1969. Like, where am I supposed to look this up other than, than the in, book in it's this the, book and the library where I got this book from? It's the, the internet, look it up books. The internet's not around. Like, you don't believe us? Fuck you. Look it up. Like, yeah, you do like, the you do the research. And it's in this it's in this catalog. So <laughs> yeah. if you want to look it up, it's the look it up book. This books. is where you go. But yeah, you do the heavy lifting. We already printed this book. <laughs> now the reason why I brought this this guy out um, 
Um, this is uh, the this next is a, book. A good, good find. Yeah, and you've watched me read this from front to back. I have. That's why I was so intrigued by this. Yeah, and so that's why I brought it out because so, I feel our friendship in this book a lot, and it's a whole series which I did not realize. But uh, this is a uh, Freddy Krueger's Tales of Terror. Um, this particular one is called Virtual Terror, and um, well, you didn't read it. You saw me read it. I yeah, I only know the outside perspective of the Tales of Terror, but and you know that I like to read like books of this nature, just as like sort of just like filler for like slow days of work or whatever. I just read like just a kitschy. It's mind-numbing, kitschy, shitty horror. Yeah, yeah. shitty horror. And um, the cover of this is, like, really fucking cool. It's, like, Freddy. He's got his claw going. And it's, like, sort of like this weird, like, door. It's like a die cut almost it, as a cover. Yeah. It's a die cut cover. And inside that, you see, like, a boy holding up, uh, like, a... Uh, like battery that? cables. Okay, I thought like, it was a stethoscope at first. <laughs> <laughs> battery cables and then like a busted mirror and stuff like that. And so I, I, I well, I read this because I wanted to read it without doing the research first because mm. I was just like, I don't want to know what I'm hopping into. But I always like to do that with anything. Like I just want to go into it just dry. And then afterwards I'm like, what about this? Mm-hmm. What about this is what, what it is. And so this particular um, book is about this in put yourself in like the mid 90s is basically like a kid who goes around the mall with his friends and he sees like one of those uh, kiosks Mm -hmm. that's like selling like those weird posters that were big at the time where like you look at them and things pop out at you like the the magic eye. The magic I, eye posters. I have astigmatism, so fuck the people who can actually see those. I can't see So them. this book isn't for you. Because <laughs> no, you would have read two chapters like, you know what? Fuck you. I feel discriminated I just, against. I've been so disenfranchised since the mid-90s with my inability to see them. So immediately when I was saying that, you're like, oh, yeah, magic eye stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you guys and your magic eye posters. Cool. So cool. cool. You're fucking dolphins. Yeah. So uh, it was like this poster shop that was at a kiosk, and... Um, the, the main character is basically like, whoa, look at all these posters. Things jump out at me. And then there was one that he had like a Josh experience where nothing jumped out at him. <laughs> a Josh experience, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing jumped out at him. And for some reason he was like interested more in that. So like he bought that, uh, he bought it and then he was like kind of looking at it. And then like the next thing he knows, like he's in this like demonic nightmare where this person with a claw... See, that's the Josh experience where I get into a relationship where I get zero feedback, and I'm like, this is the good thing. This is what I should go after. And then I realize later on that it's a demonic thing. And it's like, like a demonic shit, thing. I should have gone for the dolphins. <laughs> and then you wake up after it, feel like you're hungover, but yet for some reason so sad. So captivating. Yeah, so he like wakes up from this, and he had this like weird dream of this guy with a claw hand. And then he's like, yeah, I fucking want that poster. So, like, he's like us. Like, he's diving in. So, he's mm-hmm. like, that made me feel awful. Let's see more of it. Let me get some of that track. So, like, his, his, like, girlfriend and his friends, they meet up. And he didn't tell them that he had basically had, like, a seizure about it. Mm-hmm. And so, he, like, uh, the book kind of narrates in a way that it's, it's like, sort of, like, well, it's just, like, high schoolers hanging out and, and like, you know, what's cool at the time. And so basically he looks into this poster and every time he looks into this poster, like he sees something pop out at him and then he, he then it like predicts what happens in his life. So if he looks at the poster and stares at it, he'll see like a weird face and he'll be like, what's that weird face about? And he's like, oh, my dead friend is tied to the fucking high school, uh, field, like fucking what's football. You kick it through the upright. Like my, my friend, my, my. <laughs> My friend is hung to the fucking upright, yeah. and that's what that was. And the other thing was, like, I see my friend with some, like, kind of, like, piece of weird shit attached to their tongue. And then you find out that it's, like, the car battery oh. attached to the tongue and electrocuted. Oh, so that's where the car battery comes into play. Yeah, that's when the car battery comes into play. So he's, like, seeing this stuff. And what's interesting about this is, like, as it's categorized, like, an, uh, a new Elm Street novel. 
Freddy doesn't really appear in it aside from that time. Like the opening bit where they introduce like this is evil, so you mm. see Freddy. Like he does the foreword for it and then Freddy writes the foreword? Yeah, he writes the foreword <laughs> for it and he adds like at the end it's kinda like Tales of the Crypt. This the... is somebody I fucked with, but not enough that like I would ever inconvenience myself. So I so put like... it out to the three D poster voodoo. Exactly. <laughs> it's kinda like Tales of the Crypt, like like the Crypt Keeper, he's just, Freddy's become the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, so it. he's just like, here's a fucking tale. And at the end, he's like, isn't that a tale of fucking madness? Ooh. Um, he he finds that, like, faces he sees or ends up like dead people, and then he tries to get in contact with who sold him the poster, and that guy ends up dead. And he's just like, why is all these people, like, ending up dead? I need to, like find a way out of this so he finally tells his friends like hey i know why everybody's like dying how many drugs are you on when you're like exactly this poster though it's got the key to everything your girlfriend's like everybody's dead everyone is dying you're (laughs) on about this poster i'm just trying to like have a normal regular life a scooter is a fucking sailboat move on with (laughs) it just be done with it and get on so um so anyway he ends up like in this whole like ugh, this whole thing about it and I don't want to spoil the ending, but the ending is, like, really the only redeemable part about this novel. I'm glad there's a redeemable part. <laughs> That's the redeemable part. But I was, like, looking this up. No joke. This book in – in we're talking, like, we're talking sloppy condition to, like, perfect condition. It goes from 15 to $65. It's the benefit of the die-cast cover. $65 this could go for. I paid, like – what a quarter if that and give me three bucks i'll summarize it for you right but this series is definitely a series i'm gonna keep my eye out for because this is mindless reading that i love i have just so many more questions about where this goes down the road if this guy factors into anything else because this is the first in the series right um well no this is actually they're like one-offs. Okay. So it's it's very Tales of the Crypt. Like okay, so one-off they this. don't tie in at all. Okay. They don't tie in at all, but they're under the same umbrella. Okay. Are they all still on Elm Street? They're all still. Based I would on fucking Elm move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody on my street started having these problems. So like Get Freddy, Freddy is just more so like the idea of Freddy exists in this universe. Right. So it's not like it's a Freddy thing. It's just like Freddy's like look at my universe. It's the all the all encompassing world of creepy child molester burn victims yeah exactly exactly so we touch base on that (laughs) but that was all the books that we got but something that josh picked up that we were both super excited about that we actually probably walked by a few times before you got it um but he had settled on this is board game if you want to like grab it yeah strictly pittsburgh actually um i think strictly pittsburgh was one of the things that uh was like immediately grabbed upon with the first entry. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think so because um, it was just one of those things where I was like, you know, I've seen the people immediately latch on to really kitschy stuff. Um, And I'm a Yinzuri kind of guy. I moved down here from college and I just never, ever went back home. Mm -hmm. Um, But Strictly Pittsburgh is like Pittsburgh in a time capsule where like what we think of now is like the coming out of the you know the renaissance of pittsburgh but this was 79 i think mm-hmm. is the year on it 79 um, we found yeah yeah a game of empire building in the steel city so i so what you're saying is this was originally taken and then somebody like gave up on it so they threw it back uh, yeah i think they just tossed okay. it back in and it had wound up just on the top of it um mm-hmm. And I mean, I understand that. It's got a funny smell. Yeah. Certainly, as like the board game era goes, you know, the books, the older books have a smell, but mm-hmm. you can get that out of an older book. Like the board game, I've done everything I we, can. We have found out you just hang up something in your bathroom and turn the shower on and everything. Strictly Pittsburgh sat outside for 72 hours and just never got rid of the stench of the no. city. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just an amazing, uh, basically a Monopoly ripoff. Mm-hmm. Is the way that it goes is that uh, it starts out with it. the the front cover of it is actually Pittsburgh the skyline from 1979. Yeah, and a lot of people you know um, immediately identify Pittsburgh nowadays with like the PPG building. Um, people mm-hmm. will. Refer it's like to the it. castle. When I Glass work at PPG, castle. people will be like, "What? Where, oh, you work?" And I'd be like, "I work at the building. That looks like a fucking castle." Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a point in time where none of those buildings. There's four of them. 
Um, but none of them existed, and they were just parking garages and smaller buildings downtown. Or at least nothing as unique as you would now see it. So when I first saw the the skyline on the Strictly Pittsburgh cover, I was just like, oh, that's just like just a, a cityscape. It's like, yeah. It's actually our city. It's just from 79. So we were kind of like together. We were looking back and forth like what buildings are there now that weren't. Yeah, it looks like clip art, but yeah. like a 79 version where half the buildings that you've grown up with are gone. Like, there's no PPG. There's the, no, like, 105th Avenue. Oxford's not there. Yeah. Mellon the, Building. And I noticed, like, because I, I I had a job where I actually did tours of Pittsburgh once upon a time. So, mm-hmm. like, I kind of know the skyline. Like, that building where there's with the Mellon Building. And so it's really cool to, to kind of see where we were at that time. Yeah. At, at least that, visually at that point in time. Yeah. The really only skyscraper you have is the steel building and it's um, still there. Well, yeah, which is still hanging out. And yeah. I don't think they built that a whole lot prior to this. No, I think you're correct. So it's like is, a monopoly ripoff, right? Yeah. But with a real solid Yinzer aesthetic, like the, um, rather than have chance or community, you have things that are called picnic baskets. Um, that kind of serve as a catch all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very much a product of the 70 in that you could only move if you had, you know, like there were gas ration cards in play and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the picnic basket cards are just phenomenally yinzer things, you know, because Community Chest and Chance was all, yeah. you know, take it or leave it. And for those not goes. familiar with yinzer, it's basically like Pittsburgh lingo, like culture, Pittsburgh culture, very yinzer. That's what we call it. Yeah, rather than being a Pittsburgher or being, you know, like a resident of the county, you're just a yeah. Yinzer. It's yeah. I've read been some here of those. 13, 14 years. Now. So those are like so much in like in Minneapolis, you have like directives basically, and we have some like really fucking cool directives like <laughs> on those. Read a couple of those. Yeah, some of these um, which will become really personal for you know Pittsburgh residents. Is, yeah. Uh, the one pit- a picnic basket says, your Northside restaurant becomes quote fashionable. Receive $10,000. And that's a big, like, mm-hmm. I've lived in the city for a long time. And, like, even still to, like, hear that a Northside restaurant becomes fashionable in quotations is just that's kind, 79. Of, kind of a kick in the dick. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, why would it not be fashionable just because it's on the north side? Like, it's mm-hmm. still got good food. Um, but then uh, Pittsburgh has a famous bridge to nowhere, um, which was a huge thing for decades. Um, and if you spend all day looking for the bridge to nowhere, according to the picnic basket, you lose one turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big thing because in the game, not that we've played it yet, but yeah. we have intentions to, um, the bridges work as, you know, like how you get across. There is no go, mm-hmm. but you move across the rivers with bridges. Um, this is another good one. Uh, and this is very typical of like 80s, early 80s. Uh, you leave three river stadium and spend two hours in traffic so you lose one turn Mm -hmm. you couldn't get out of there because it connects immediately to the highway and for like people who live in the city like you and i you live pretty close to the city you can get in and out pretty quickly but when you live in the suburbs you're fucked yeah there's really not like the i live within public transportation like so i could i could get in via train you get in via what we call here the incline. And the incline is basically a cable car that runs up and down uh, the mountain that looks over Pittsburgh, which is called Mount Washington, for those who don't know. So Josh gets into the city via the incline. The most touristy mode of yeah. transportation <laughs> that I could possibly take in. It's just convenience. This is where I happen to live is where yeah. the fucking tourists are. And, like... Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's a an awakening every day riding down with them. But there's great like yinzer things. Like Pittsburgh mm-hmm. has a huge Polish community of which I'm a part, and uh, we've got our polka fight songs for the Steelers and the Pirates. But yeah, the one picnic basket is record a new pirate polka song and receive ten thousand dollars for a pirate polka. Yeah, which in '79, like the pirates were good. It's a yeah. whole different ballgame than it is now. We had like a quick go at it like three four years ago and then we were just like eh we don't need to be a good baseball team anymore yeah that was the one playoff game that everybody was like oh the pirates are in the playoffs and then they you know three hours later Mm -hmm. they were no longer in the playoffs um but you know public broadcast is huge around pittsburgh Mm -hmm. um so you've got your wqed which was the i think the first yeah um but you see an old rare painting on qed 
pay fifty thousand dollars like 50 grand and the money in strictly pittsburgh is all based off of like old pittsburgh barons like um you know the heinz baron and westinghouse carnegie probably carnegie is on one of the dollar values and like it the dollar values don't make any sense whatsoever (laughs) it's not a well thought out game but it's just so uniquely marketed to a like a very small population of people did i ever tell you that i know where the carnegie's are bodies are like as in like you're a suspect or no. is it just in a general no, sense? I know where I know not Carne not Carnegie's their physical bodies, not the bodies they created. I know where the bodies are. Yeah, I know where the bodies are. Yeah, I know where the Carnegie's are. Their bodies. Yeah. I'll leave it for off the air. Okay. But I, I do know. I'm I'm absolutely down to hear that story. I don't think it's in strictly Pittsburgh at all. No. I've this been is through something. I've been through all the picnic basket cards. And <laughs> and you have not found none of them is where like the Carnegie's body. Find were. the body of a Carnegie, receive fifteen thousand dollars. But mm-hmm. yeah, but n- it's definitely a game that we're or gonna try to play. We think we have all the pieces to it. So maybe on a, a follow up episode, we could tell you how we were about uh, playing it. Um, yeah, I tried to get um, Jane and um, Rick Z back involved, but they're both very busy people. So if they ever do happen to listen to the podcast. Sunday nights. Rick, we, can, we love you. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Rick Sivak's a national treasure, not only just a Yinzer treasure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've drank with Rick before. I'd be more than happy I've to have him over to my Rick house. Yep. I think that's a Yinzer rite of passage is if you've had a beer with Sivak, you can have a game with Sivak. You can get on a podcast and invite him over to play some board games. Maybe I will hit him up. I'll hit him up to see if he, he wants to go through. Couldn't be a nicer guy. We'll pledge drive the entire thing, get QED some money on it. And after the break, we're going to come back with the find of the day. Stick around. A nightmare on Elm Street, part three. Freddy's back. That was great. If you've seen one and two, you have to see number three. Totally bizarre. A total nightmare. It was better than all of them combined. Freddy's a nut. Insane! A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 3, Dream Warriors, Rated R. Now playing at a theater near you.
back from break, and I think, I mean, Josh knows it. I don't know if, if, if the world knows it, but since I said I was going to put on the leather jacket, I've kept the leather jacket on. It has. It's been on the entire time. I can verify that. I can hear it creak. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know that the mics could hear it pick up and creak and whatnot, but it's been crackling and creaking, and I've just been putting more alcohol in me because I'm sweating through it. I sweat. The jacket is forcing the the liquid out of my body onto my being so i need to put more liquid into it the liquid we have of of course is alcohol yeah i mean there's two kinds but it sweats evenly mm-hmm. and I, the jacket is the best workout piece of equipment you could ever purchase like, in that regard yeah i feel really cool yeah. um so the find of the day now the find of the day is i'm and, and i'm not blowing smoke it's one of my favorite finds that i have found in quite some time it's definitely up there um now, it's sort of multifaceted. Uh, it's definitely one-dimensional, but it we have found it over the course of the day. So it's not that uh, we had found it like late or early. It was like throughout the day, there was this one particular bin that we were pulling stuff out of, and I'd be like, oh my God, that's fine to the day. And I'm like, let's keep rooting, because when you're out there thrifting, one thing you need to know is there are clues. Absolutely. You'll find things in other bins that you're like, there these are, clues. are this kind of family from this kind of area, mm-hmm. and I know that there's more of their shit somewhere. So if you keep thrifting from the same place, if you keep looking around, you know, if you see, like, something that I've been coming across a lot that I have no interest in but understand is, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtle stuff. So if there's, like, one Ninja Turtle all the way on that side of the room, it's somewhere on the floor. There's it's somewhere. Keep looking. More, yeah, if Donatello you want that. is hanging out somewhere. To yeah, come on he, that it's like, oh, here's a small plastic pizza. I bet you who holds that pizza is somewhere. He's, yeah, he's around there somewhere. Mm-hmm. You just got to do the, the, the effort to find him. And, and I feel like you were the first. I think you found the first of what I'm about to talk about. And I was just like, dude, if you want that, you could have that. You found that. And you're like, I never want anything like this in my that, life. Yeah, that is absolutely 100% you because, one, I don't own anything that plays them. And, two, I know that I'm here often enough <laughs> that I could reap the benefits of it yeah. even if I did. I – well, we found a whole lot of wrestling VHS six tapes in general um and they really range um from like uh what we have to offer in wrestling and the interesting about that is i don't know that either of us are hogan fans and no ever, not really. yeah never i was never an eat your vitamins kind of kid i was always a roddy piper kind of kid where he's like you mm-hmm. can mouth off to that big guy because you're clever about it yeah like and so i don't know that we were ever very into hogan and now that we know more about Hogan than we did before, we like him even less. Sure. It reaffirms my beliefs as a child. And he's just yeah. a piece of garbage. <laughs> but um, so this wrestling VHS, um, the first one I'm going to take a look at, it's it's called The Missing Matches. And right away, it has Hulk Hogan's airbrushed face on it in a very time, time period style of art. And the interesting thing about this is Hogan is nowhere on this tape. Yeah, the tape is drawn like if... Hogan was on the cover of Heavy Metal in whatever year that came out. I'm imagining probably like 86, 87. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's billed as Hulk Hogan, The Missing Matches, and has nothing to do with Hulk Hogan in any way, shape, or form. The matches on this particular tape, there are two. <laughs> it's Nick Bockwinkle versus Manny Fernandez and The Sheik versus Mark Lewin. <laughs> At least they pluralize match. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> But it's real as far as like uh, gripping, as far as like visually, it's a very gripping tape and very, very so my aesthetic. Um, so that was the the first tape we we had gotten. The second one, once upon a time, and I could be wrong in saying this, but I I think I had this tape or this sp- tape that wasn't a special edition. But this is Rock and Roll Wrestling Television Special Edition. And um, this itself is, I believe, the oldest tape that we have in the lot. This is from 1987. So what we have here, we have uh, Bruiser Brody, Jerry Lawler before he socked, Jim Cornette and the Bruise Brothers, Rock and Roll Express, um, 
an Austin Idol, the Fabulous Freebirds, and it says, see the wildest and weirdest matches of all time, bull rope bloodbath, losers much eat, must eat dog food, cat, <laughs> trash can royale, and concession stand stomp. Is Duke, is, uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy in the uh, the garbage match? No, way too early, but I'd love for him to be on it. But uh, I know I've drank so much that I don't know that I said that right. But loser must eat, do- loser must eat dog food match. How do they verify that it's dog food? Like, they make them sit in the ring and eat the dog food? Like, I don't know. I was a huge Bruiser Brody guy, and you know Rest that in peace. currently that's why I love Luke Harper, Luke Harper so much yeah. is... Luke Harper just, and thank God I met him, he's just a bruiser brody kind of guy. But to eat dog food in the ring, I really hope that they substituted out the dog food for some Salisbury steak or something. In the actual tape, and this is something that um, I'm sure people like realize if they like Blu-rays or whatnot, um, the actual tape is in really great condition. And a tape from 1987 still with a sticker on it, there's no like fucking like like you know tears or rips, so I I felt really um, you know rejuvenated by that because at that point I was just like, is there anything there? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a well. Yeah, it's a well because we found that one tape, and I was just like, this is the find of the day. This is incredible. But when you find again, if you find a second one, you know, there's a large difference between the number one and three. Because, like, if you find one, it's one. But if you find two, you're like, there's more. There's yeah. more. It's a whole thing. Someone is so into, like... And so that's when, when I came across the Road Warriors tape, Tag Team Champions. And at that point, I think you were across the room when I was looking at that. And I held that up. I was like, this is it. This is all there is. And I kind of I marked out a little bit because, like, the, uh, the Hulk Hogan tape, 30 minutes, the mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Wrestling, even though it's got seven times the amount of people on it mm-hmm. still clocks in at 30 minutes but mm-hmm. when i saw the road warriors like the road warriors were my team as a little kid as yeah. a little kid you can't not get behind guys that come out in shoulder pads with spikes and mm-hmm. mad max face paint and you know the whole Whoa. and they've tried to do not them but like they've tried to like do this with like teams like the ascension and stuff like that and and it doesn't work, but th- this tape is itself is in really good con- condition as well, too, from 1990. So I assume that this whole thing is from a lot. So at that point, I'm like, there's keep digging, because I yeah. remember saying, like, just keep going through it, because there's got to be more stuff in this junk pile that's this. And uh, Animal and Hawk, the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom, have recently voted by WME readers as Tag Team Champions of the Decade. This exclusive program is devoted to the championship matches, which made uh, Hawk and Animal world famous. I don't even know what WME stands for, so I imagine that's like the Wrestling Main Event Magazine Mm -hmm. is the only thing I could possibly come up with for that. Mm And so this was the tape that I believe you found, and that's when I the next tape we're about to talk talk about, and that's when I I had exclaimed like, man, if you're finding these, you could keep them if you want. And that's like no way. No, this I, is probably I, my favorite tape of what we found. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, I think that was the first one I found. Yeah. Yeah, and it's Hulk Hogan's Rock and Roll Wrestling Ghost Wrestlers. Yeah. And I'm like, there is nothing more my aesthetic than what this tape is. That is. I can't bottle my aesthetic more than this. Everything rolled into a nutshell that was popular in the early 80s just yeah. rolled into a WWF Scooby-Doo cartoon before they were working with Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And I, I kind of de- did a little research on uh, rock and roll wrestling itself. And that was like sort of like it was like the mid to late 80s. And they yeah. had a, a cartoon wrestling program. And I knew, but I didn't know why, but I knew that all the voice actors were just voice actors. They were hired on... They weren't the actual wrestlers, yeah. Yeah. It was and, painful. And the, and the wrestlers themselves, they were just like on the road, and they mm. couldn't fit it in their schedule. It was just too much. You didn't have the mobile studios. Like nowadays, you mm-hmm. and I can record this anywhere, but mm-hmm. back then, if you were going to record, you had to go to a recording studio. Right. The 80s weren't, you know. You could do this on the run at this point. Absolutely. Yeah, but Hulk Hogan was the leader of the faces, which the faces are the good guys. It was like Junkyard Dog, Captain Lou Albano, Andre the Giant, Hillbilly Jim, 
and one of Josh's favorites, Roddy, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, was the leader of the Heels yeah. or, or the bad guys. So there's like Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, Fabulous Mula, Big John Stud. And so it was basically these cartoons of the heels versus the faces that would play out in, you know, a cartoony way. But Ghost Wrestlers has to be yeah. my favorite tape. I remember, that. like, vividly growing up watching these episodes, like, through the 80s and stuff. And there was very little wrestling that ever happened in the cartoons. It was mm-hmm. basically like an episode of Heathcliff. Yeah. If Heathcliff had just been assigned a wrestling persona and it was just junkyard dog he literally lived in a junkyard for no reason yeah and that was just like yeah that's actually how the human exists he lives in a junkyard mm. as well that's and why like, that's his that's why they call him junkyard dog yeah that's that's where he lives and so like as a little kid i couldn't make a designation between the cartoon and like the real life junkyard dog mm-hmm. so i remember thinking that like this grown-ass man probably in his 40s at that point in time lived in a junkyard my parents mm-hmm. were like no, we really need to expand Horizons. Let's <laughs> yeah. move to Detroit and get into True. Things. And then uh, in in the same, like, ideology behind that, it's just, like, these, like, weird cartoons. You didn't see much wrestling. It was just more so a program. And Hulk Hogan was depicted, I'm not sure if you remember, but he was de- depicted with hair, full hair. He had a full head of hair. He had it. like a mullet. Yeah, it wasn't like yeah. balding on top the monk do. It was, I think even on the cover, he has... Even on the cover, it was like slightly just a yeah, little back. Yeah, even on the cover, yeah, his hairline starts two inches from where he wears a headband where mm-hmm. he's not bald at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, yeah, there's a good profile shot yeah, right on there. the back of the cover. Full, full head of hair. Full head of hair for no reason. No reason. This was, yeah, 85, not happening. No. Uh, the next one was Hulk Hogan's Rock Rock and Roll Wrestling. It's the second of the two tapes that we found. It's called The Last Resort. Uh, now, this one, okay, racist. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's Last Resort in 2017, very similar to The Last Resort back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So, basically... I like how the cover is him doing, like, the pantomime for dick-sucking, too. Yeah. It's just the old, like, the old, like, and uh, but it's international intrigue and mystery when Hulk Hogan and his fellow wrestlers take over a fancy resort hotel. Then, when a valuable jewel belonging to an unhappy young prince is missing, there's real work to be done. And of course, the prince is a brown boy. Oh, and, and is that the jewel? Is the jewel that large? Is I don't know what's going on, on the cover. I have a yeah. lot of questions. And Lots the, unpacked here uh, here with this the one. The dick-sucking pantomime just really throws me off because yeah. I don't, like, there's a flex pose that Hulk had, and then there is the clear, like, putting something in his mouth, which is what's happening. On the first one, he's got, like, a scared ghost like, face. Like, there's ghosts in the back. But I'm hanging in there as best as possible face. This second one, he has a much more sensual expression on the yeah. face. And it's yep. just, yeah, you, it's just, it's... You can Google it of your own volition. Yeah, but it's uh, just... uh, Hulk Hogan, Rock and Roll Wrestling, The ra- Last Resort. The tape itself is printed on, so the pressing actually it's has... Great, yeah. It's still... In, and that's something that, like, again, I'm feeling like this came from the same lot, and I feel like these tapes were bought, put on a shelf, just like you put anything on a shelf. Yeah. These and are then the just old, left. Yeah, the old Dick Animation Cities. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, it was, I think it was a big thing, you know, like, I think they're both early 90s, and then mm-hmm. I think D-I-C is pronounced Dick, mm-hmm. but that was a huge thing, and they put out both of these, and... There's more. I'm curious. You know, and more in the world, but right now we have two, so that's something to build upon. Yeah, that collection will be expanded upon indefinitely if I have my way of it. Yeah. Now, lastly, the last thing on our list under finds of the week. This is my favorite tape that we found that day because <laughs> it's really there's really not a lot of setup besides saying what it is. Everything had a beautiful case, illustrations printed on cassettes. Like this is not that, but amazing. It is uh, called Spade a Spade. It is a very dirty tape that says Bad Street USA, and it's the fabulous Freebirds, Michael Hayes, performing their entrance, <laughs> their entrance song, a live clip of him doing it. Yeah, and it is just in a white case. <laughs> that's really 
turned to shit. It is, yeah, it's closer to gray at best at this point. Like a yellowish gray, and it just basically says, Bad Street. Yeah, it's just USA in the most unoriginal font. It just says Bad Street USA. There's no indication of a federation of who is included on it. It's just we knew what it was because we know what it is. We live that culture. We're the wrestling nerds, yeah, of the world that it will recognize Bad Street in a giant pile of trash. Yeah, and if we see Bad Street USA, we go, is that the? I remember, yeah, we both looked at each other and we're like, is this what I fucking think it is? Like, it's got to be. Like, and if it's not what you and I think it is, it's, it's something. something else fucking insanely obscure that's also got to be awesome. So so we knew what it was. I threw it in my uh, VHS player, and I was like, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, I was going to say, the Road Warriors, Rock and Roll Express, these tapes have not been checked out. Yeah. Bad Street USA. I, I had was, to check it out because I was like, if it's not... It's not. I was like, hard. I was like, not. If it's not, have you checked out Bad Street USA yet? Is it what I think that it is? Tough work, right? It's tough. Everything's tough work. So that's gonna wrap up this week's work. Thus, our thrifting adventure, folks. Uh, special thanks to Swamp Walk for their track "Big Bro" off their album "Us Versus Them." You can check out Swamp Walk at swampwalkin.com. Dot bandcamp.com they were one of our sponsors this week or hit them up on their instagram at bergwalk at b-u-r-g-h walk say thrifty sent you and uh you can hit them up on facebook swamp walk one word also bluffs for alternative reality off the album with the same name which is the theme for our show for many reasons check them out at stevebarez.bandcamp.com that's steve b-r-e-s dot bandcamp.com and if you want to try to get me to get something for you, if you want me to thrift something, hit me up. I'm always up for the challenge. I spell challenge A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-E. Yep, that's a joke. Email me at thriftypodcast at yahoo.com. Yes, I still use Yahoo. From me and also Josh. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Bad Street USA, baby. Good night. Good night. <laughs>